Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And this is where Kevin Warren's comments from last week might have been part of a broader strategy to have leverage that comes simply from the, fine, we'll just keep him. I mean, there's a lot of power in, fine, we'll just keep him. We're not looking to trade him. You have to pry him away from us. We're happy to go forward with Justin Fields. And if Warren's comments were coming from that point of view, you know, they might be trying to convince other teams, you, you better offer us enough to get us to choose to move on from it. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Always fun to talk to Mike Florio, and you heard him there. Um, yeah, I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of little tidbits it, regarding yeah. the Bears that are out there, and I think they're all very interesting because, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk much about Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair. Right, they're gone last and, week. And they're gone last week. So there's a lot going on, yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I think with Eddie Jackson, that's a starting player. In other words, you need a starting safety. So that whether that's in free agency or the draft, we can have an argument over how you fill that position in. Obviously, the salary cap is uh, going up, so there's more money available to do that. The Bears already have a ton of dough. But you would think that, that you want to get someone uh, – I would – I would really be interested in seeing what the veteran safety market looked like and if you can find someone that fits in well with uh, with what Eddie did when he was here. As far as, as Cody Whitehair is concerned, I think it's it just underscores the need at center because they thought he was going to play that position, and obviously he didn't, but it underscores the need for a center, and you need to get somebody in at that position, whether that's through the draft or not. You know, you trade Justin Fields, and you're going to get a lot back in terms of a pick or two later in the draft. Uh, You'll get a pick. I don't know if you get a lot back. Well, if you get a higher pick, if you yeah, get a second-round pick. I guess you're saying that you could basically trade Justin Fields for a starting center. Or safety. Or safety. And I think that's probably a good way to look at it. A free agency will produce what it produces depending on the market, depending on who gets tagged. That's always going to determine what the safeties are available. We talked last week about – Antoine Winfield not being likely to be in the market, certainly not the price that you would want to pay either in your secondary. You'd have two very high-priced secondary members if Jalen Johnson is tagged. And if you went out and pursued uh, Winfield as well, that would be almost $40 million in two players, probably unlikely. So it all revolves around getting something for Justin Fields if indeed he's being shopped. As it pertains to Kevin Warren's comments that Mike Florio referenced coming in, yeah, 
in retrospect, I don't think that they were at all intended to do anything except for express the way that Kevin Warren feels about Justin Fields. I don't think that they're they're football related. I don't think that it's something that you read into with with the, there was an agenda behind that. Maybe it's I don't think they were calculated as much as they were just a reaction. And I think the only other big riddle conundrum with this quarterback situation, Molly, is did Justin Fields really unfollow the Bears on Instagram? God, you know, have your fun. <laughs> Howard is in Chicago. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's the real clue. Thank you. Howard's in Chicago. Hey, Howard. How are you, bud? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right, let me tell you guys something, man. You in that hall over there, man. You all about the most negative, 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 negative-minded people about that boy at quarterback that I've ever seen on a radio program. You know that? Uh, and I'm going to tell you another thing. Sure. You guys keep talking about all the negative points about that boy. When are you going to reverse that stuff sometime and, 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 and say something, at least a little something, positive-minded about that boy? To give that boy some kind of a chance, man. Huh? Well, I, Thanks, I appreciate, appreciate, yeah. I appreciate uh, what you're saying. Uh, you know, here's – let me just explain to you where I'm at with the whole thing, okay? So – I'm listening to the um, NFL uh, network on radio, right? Um, I'm listening to Jim Miller uh, on a a show. They had Steve Spagnola on, right? And they're talking to him about specific plays in the Super Bowl and how the defenses came in and how they did different tricks that they tried. And it was fascinating to hear Spagnola. And at one point, he's talking about – about uh, Purdy, and he says, well, you know, his his great gift is his anticipatory throws. The superpower. And how he yep. throws the ball before the guy's even out of the break, and he knows where he's putting the ball based on everything he's seeing, and he has these anticipatory throws. And And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, that is the problem that you have with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, number one, I think all the intangibles are there. I think he's a great leader, a great teammate. I've said this many times. I really, really like him. I really respect the way that he treats his teammates and he shows up at these weird golf outings in the offseason. He understands as the quarterback what's expected of him and he's there for his guys. And I love that about him. I think he's also an extraordinary talent who can do amazing things running the football and run out of trouble. And it's just extraordinary to see the big wow plays. My problem is I don't see him with the anticipatory throws. And as a result, I think they leave a lot of yards on the field. And I think at this point, you would be better off drafting Caleb Williams and, and bringing him in. You know, when you, when you break down Justin Fields, could he be a top – 10 to 15 quarterback in the NFL, I believe he could be. Can he be a top five quarterback in the NFL? I'm not sure about is that. Is he going to be the reason you win a division? Maybe. Is he going to be the reason you win a Super Bowl? Doubtful. And and I think that when you start talking about quarterback contracts, you know, obviously you got another year left before you have to make the big decision. Right. 
are you willing to give him the the twenty two million no, or whatever he's I, due after this? This just, is just I just think it's, that it's, I'm not down on the kid. I think he's a good man. I really enjoyed watching him play. I think it's extraordinary. I think though that if you get a guy like Caleb Williams in here, it just makes more sense to me in terms of, of like a football proposition. Well, we've been talking all morning about fiscal responsibility, and I think that you can apply it to the Justin Fields decision with the Bears. I just don't know how fiscally responsible it would be to bring him back knowing what you would eventually have to pay him and knowing what you're not necessarily getting out of that investment. He is limited in terms of the anticipatory throws. I think there's a league consensus that is growing and maybe word that is spreading uh, that maybe he's not the, the quickest processor in the pocket. That doesn't take away from what he's capable of doing when he's running the football and on occasion when he's throwing it. He is a special player. Howard can scream at me, and I understand that, and that's fine. You want to be emotional about your football team and your favorite player, and Justin Fields is an easy guy to support. None of this evaluation of him is personal. Objectivity isn't criticism. Honesty isn't negativity. Justin Fields is not a polished passer three years into his NFL career. And again, to repeat what we have said, if you're asking the question after three seasons, if he is the guy, that's your answer. He's not the guy. And I, and I know that sounds cruel, and it sounds like you're taking a harsh view of him, and we've been watching him play for three years. This is, this is not something that just came up overnight. You know, it, the reality is he likes to see the ball to the receiver, and that's really not the way it's done in the you, NFL. You can't grade the flashes. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's easy to do that because they are captivating and they capture your imagination if you're a fan and you look at it and you remember all those runs and all that history. And those are great. And if the Bears bring him back and they do somehow trade the draft pick in a way that probably few people expect them to do, then they will be an exciting team and, and he'll get another opportunity. And he may flourish. He may flourish elsewhere. I think he's going to be a successful starting quarterback, but I do think the ceiling is what you described. Probably top 10 to 12 overall. Is he a top five quarterback? Just don't see it. No. Just no, don't hard. see it. it and, and that's not being cruel. You know, you're – it's just the NFL is a different game, man. It's and, a different game. And there's no edict that, that, demands, that you have to be – he's a very popular quarterback. He has captured – he's the fan base loves him. That's what makes this very awkward for the bears. They're going to trade within weeks could be next week at the NFL combine. They're going to trade one of the more popular players in a long time. They, they fired the offensive coordinator because of whatever, because he couldn't get Justin Fields to be a pocket quarterback or because he couldn't, celebrate what Fields can do. That guy got another job. I, I'm just saying it's not as and What does that mean? Dry. Finish that thought. Because what, well, what does that suggest? It really? suggests. Whether we agree with it or not, what does it suggest? It suggests that it wasn't his fault. It suggests that there's a league-wide belief that if Luke Getze interviewed for three offensive coordinator positions, that the league doesn't believe that he was the problem in Chicago. That's right. I'm sorry if that uh, offends people, bothers them, and and and, and – Triggers the texters. That's okay. Yeah. But that is what it says without saying it out loud. He would not be employed if he was a clown. 
and I get it. I understand the, the the way people feel about Justin Fields and the anger that you flash about that. But just I'm just saying, if you look at the game, I'm talking about the game of football. And whether it's we're all such idiots, we can't figure out how to use them, or whether it's, you know, does that style really work? We've yet to see it. Once again, it fell apart in Baltimore. I, I don't know what the answer is. But I think that that you have an opportunity here, an extraordinary opportunity to get the number one overall pick two years running, and I think you're really forced to take a quarterback. It's as simple as that, and it's going to be in the long-term best interests of the team. I do take think, Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams is the guy at number one. Uh, Dustin mentioned about trading if they do keep fields, uh, drafting another quarterback lower. That That's probably – a worthwhile discussion. I don't. I think it's probably going to be a moot point. Don't you get the sense that there's momentum building if the reports are accurate and the Bears are going to go to Indianapolis with a quarterback plan? It's pretty much in place. You don't do that in seven days. You don't do the due diligence in ten days. You don't announce or leak that you're going to have a plan in place unless you pretty much know what is what the plan is. You know, I think the league reads what the plan is and sees it. And I think that, again, if you did a, um, you know, if you if you brought in every league general manager, I think you'd get a uniformity of opinion on what should be done. And I think the Bears are basically going to go along with that. Yes, I do think they probably will. What's going to be fascinating to see, too, is that we will spend all this time debating what they should do. And, heck, there's a town hall meeting tomorrow. Parkinson Spiegel, QB1 Town Hall, 2-6, to six, live studio audience, Blue Cross Blue Shield performance yep. stage. The, right here, 670 score and the free Odyssey app, or you can watch it live on Twitch or YouTube, getting Q, QB1 experts in the debate. But, Molly, nobody's talking about what they're going to do with the ninth pick. And most years, remember last year, that's where they were drafting after making the trade. How long did we talk about their possibilities? How many different permutations of the draft did we go through we haven't even mentioned what they could do with the ninth overall pick. Listen, they got two top ten picks. I mean, their number one overall pick is the one that catches your attention. But that ninth pick, you might get a value player like you wouldn't believe, especially if you're if there's a run on quarterbacks and you're taking the first one, who knows who gets pushed down into the ninth spot? Could be could be something you could have special. The first ten players drafted offensive players. Mm-hmm. You could be in a position there to take one of the great wide receivers or or maybe the first offensive tackle off the board. Depending on what you do, if you take Caleb Williams one, you take a wide receiver nine, now you're cooking. Or maybe maybe you're taking the first defensive player drafted. Maybe you're so. getting the first offensive player and the first defensive player off the board. I don't know what it's going to be because there are there are so many variants that happen above that pick. Maybe you trade that pick. You know, there's a lot of possibility that the Bears could do to pick up on different pits. Peter is in Rockford. Hey, Peter. Frustrated. Very, very frustrated. All the talk that I've been hearing with this number one pick, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, is how Justin Fields is, you know, can't get the job done, but we have no tools around him. We've we've said that. But he can't get the job done. I don't understand why. Just keep building around Justin Fields. It's it's just frustrating to me. Are you willing to give him, you know, a hundred and fifty, two hundred million dollar deal at some point? If that is what, if the, 
we are going to get number one picks going in the next year and the following year with all the big haul that we have. In fact, we're going to get maybe the the next great Manning um, coming out of the draft in a couple of years and something like this out of Texas. The next great Manning? You, you, you don't believe in Caleb Williams, but you believe in Arch Manning that can't even win the job at Texas? Just, I'm just saying that there's other options in, in the years to come. I don't see, see giving up on Justin Fields. I mean, teams scheme for this kid. I mean, we have a, we've got a, a quarterback that teams actually have to scheme around, and they're and they're worried about Justin Fields. We have that guy, but we want to give him up for somebody Caleb Williams. That we and the biggest thing that I I say here is Justin Fields can handle Chicago's media, and that is a big big thing in the Chicago market. If you get a kid coming in here and he's got thin skin, we don't know about Caleb Williams or, or the May kid or whatever. I'm what, telling it, you, Justin, it, Justin Fields handled his business it, in the last three years with all the scrutiny. He stood fast and he is what, somebody why, who can handle. But why are you frustrated when we talk about the game and express an opinion? You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand. I get it. You like Justin Fields and you want to stick with him. I don't understand why talking about it would end up being frustrating because because we don't agree with you no 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 not by any means i love the i love the talk i love how everything's going i just get it gets frustrating when we know that we gave we gave justin fields dj Moore number one i mean a bona fide number one and look what he did with him look what he did what did he do look what look what dj Moore season what kind of season he had i I know but you, you look at the numbers for DJ Moore, they're terrific. You look at the number for, for, for Justin Fields, and they're not. I think, hey, I think the thing, just you not. know, what, I, what DJ Moore. That's just frustrating. You, what, uh, what his skill is, is run after catch. So what you got to do is get him the ball and let him do his thing. And that's kind of, that's the entire Niners team, by the way, when we talked about how Zach Purdy fit into yeah. what they were doing. He's he's the ideal quarterback. You know, did I call him Zach Purdy again? You did. That's okay. I'm I so knew sorry. You Brock okay. Purdy. You know what I'm, else I'm is frustrating? It, it, it is kind of frustrating. Yes. I'm trying not to be too frustrated. but Well, it's just well, conversation, well, and we're talking about sports opinion, and we're all celebrating each other's opinion, whether, it's, whether you agree with it or Justin not. Justin Fields is a terrific runner. He's a dynamic he's player. He's a great kid. And he had on a, on occasion he is a a polished passer, but it's too inconsistent, and the numbers just aren't there, and the evidence just isn't there. And we're always talking about surrounding him with talent and and wide receivers and offensive line, and that's all true. But there are quarterbacks in the league that succeed despite that, and he's just not at this point of his career. He's not one of those, and maybe they're going to draft one that is and they're going to reset the clock with this contract, and they're going to be able to go out and get the same types of things that you are able to get because you're going to have a rookie contract for your quarterback, and you're going to be able to surround that guy with talent. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't talk to Scott. Um, I think one of one of one of one of his like uh, kind of signature moves is to go talk to the owner. But I think when you do that, you undermine the credibility of your general manager, and um, are you, you know, so you you kind of like get, get inserting yourself into that negotiation. Uh, I, I don't think that helps. So I I, I don't talk to him. <laughs> Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That's the voice of Tom Ricketts from yesterday. I think it's an important point to make as we sit here on Bellinger Watch, right? Cody Mm -hmm. Bellinger Watch, waiting for the moment when the negotiations really get going and presumably the Cubs get him back. I'd love that he'd called him out. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a dangerous game to play with Scott Boris because he could wait and wait and wait forever. But I do like the fact that Tom Ricketts didn't say, I don't talk about negotiations publicly. I don't want to get into that. He said basically he's waiting for Scott Boris to engage, not negotiate, engage, yeah. communicate. And when you right. have a lack of communication and you have the gap that exists, it doesn't really fill you with optimism if you're a Cub fan that any minute now you're going to hit refresh and see Cubs sign Cody Bellinger. It makes you feel like, okay, it's February 20th. Dustin's already put his deadline to March 1st. We're pushing it back, pushing it back, and it keeps going back. Dustin, explain your March 1st deadline to me. Why? Why is that the deadline? Well, today's MLB player, I think, comes into camp ready to go. In so shape. it's not like yes. he's got to get – in sh- it just it, it's a they're going to play a game here on the score on Friday yes. so that gets us to around the twenty fifth uh, March first is a week from that twenty fifth happy birthday Jerry Reinsdorf oh I'm <laughs> sorry I didn't, we think, I didn't think we were going to wish him a we happy should birthday. have a maybe they'll have a you know QB one party Jerry birthday <laughs> think so is that Sunday it's too early you know it's a Sunday Sunday is Chris Chelios Jersey retirement game real quick uh, departure here. Tune in to our show today, tomorrow, and Thursday. And right now, right now, you can win two tickets to see that game when number seven goes into the rafters and the Blackhawks host the Red Wings and Patrick Kane Sunday at the United Center, courtesy of Bud Light. Easy to drink, easier to enjoy. 312. The contest line is... 540 312-540-0670. You can win a pair of tickets. Okay, back to baseball. Molly, I ask you this: What time? At what point? We can all not like Boris, and I think people are going to have their preconceived yes. notions about Ricketts. But I wonder this: 
At what point do you see, as we wait for the March 1st deadline that Dustin has established, or whatever it is with Cody Bellinger, does the player become the villain? Is he ever going to be blamed for not saying to his agent, hey, just get me in camp. Hey, I'm holding out for more money. We have really kind of resisted that because Cody Bellinger is a great guy, clubhouse presence and all the things. But at what point does that turn a little bit? Um, or does it? You know, I think, honestly, I think it, for Cub fans, if he winds up elsewhere, I think there'll be a resentment. If he ends up taking a short-term deal someplace else instead of here. Like, if he's going to take a short-term deal and go somewhere else because Boris is encouraging him to do that, why not take the short-term deal here? I, I think that there is a fear of regression with Cody Bellinger. You see it all the time and all the and all the analytics kind of predict that. So you got to be careful about it. But I I if he ends up with a short-term deal somewhere else, I think that's when Cubs fans will be very peeved with him. But until until that until happens, that happens until he can come back, I don't think it's fine. I just think that this this is a very curious. There is no negotiation. So Boris wants to call Tom directly and have a conversation and not worry about Jed or what their numbers are or what is laid out. He, he basically, you go to the owner, you make it an ego thing, and you try to get the guy involved, and, and Tom wants no part of it. You know what you like about what Tom Rickett said? Because the winner yesterday, really, if you're talking about the, the PR battle that's often waged in these kinds of things, Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer's the winner. <laughs> Jed nope. Hoyer. Tom Ricketts said, hey, I hired this guy. I trust this guy. He does our bidding. I'm not going over his head. And don't hold him responsible because he can't negotiate with somebody who won't talk to him. Right. So right. essentially right. all this, all this offseason, we're like, come on, Jed. All right, Jed. Are you, what, Jed, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah, where now, are you? What are you it's doing? Like Tom right. Ricketts saying publicly, loudly, eh, it's not really our fault. It's not Jed's fault. And I'm not getting involved because I trust my guys. But Boris won't talk to us, so how do we know what he wants? He won't tell us. I, I think it's a problem. I think that the idea that, like, we know what their demands are. And we know that they're not being met. Because if they got the kind of money they were looking for, the guy would be signed already. And as we slowly see teams that you thought might be in the mix for him kind of fall away. The Cubs aren't just the favorite. They're like, they're kind of running alone. And and the one thing you don't want to do ever is negotiate against yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, oh my God, I love this. This is my dream house. I want to buy it. Okay, but, you know, we have an imaginary buyer that might want to give more. Why don't you give more? Well, how much are you talking about? Well, you know, I mean, we're waiting for the imaginary offer. You don't want to negotiate against yourself. You want to make your, here's, hey, here's what we want. Here's what you want. If you want to come to a table, we can talk about how to, how to figure out a way to get closer. But we're not going over the top here until you prove to me that somebody else is bidding higher than me. Back to the player, I, that's, that's exactly right. I, I, I got to think that if you're Cody Bellinger, you are concerned that your agent and your representatives misread the market entirely this offseason. I don't think in his heart of hearts he probably expected to be sitting there February 20th waiting to sign a contract. Yeah. Right? I agree. So you wonder if 
Is it a, is it a product of the marketplace? Is it a product of your, your you know, advanced analytics which show you might be prone to regression? Is it just the fact that you got an agent that is stubborn and, and demanding top dollar for uh, and asking for more than you're willing to pay for the, to, to, to sign for? Right. Cody Bellinger probably would love to be in Cubs camp right now. I don't know that for a fact, but I think that we often hear after the fact that, oh boy, I was hoping this was going to happen all along. Wouldn't you be edgy as hell? Oh, I would be really in a bad yeah. mood. I'd be really nervous. I'd be really having some anxiety, even though it's money that we can't really relate to. The difference between a $150 million contract or a $200 million contract or $100 million, whatever the case is. But still, it's all relative, and he's a, he's a competitor. And he's now missing time to compete and prepare. It's got to be weighing on him. No doubt about it. And I, and I think that it's definitely weighing on Cub fans. I think we all kind of understand that if they're going to get better than they were a year ago, part of it is having the firepower and the players that you need to make sure they're making you better. The, the Cubs have done some nice things in the offseason, right? Number one, the manager is a huge thing. And, and I like all the things you hear about teaching the game and the way that they're going about kind of some of the some of the little the smaller things the hidden things you know they're going to play really good baseball you can feel it in your bones but you and they got a lot of great young talent that they can bring up and get better with etc and who knows you know maybe a guy like Ben Brown you know whatever a month into the season a month and a half into the season he comes up and he's doing stuff you just don't know how it's going to work out and how guys are timed up in terms of their development. Right. I, I but, get it. But there is certainty with Bellinger. Yes, and, and that's the thing. That's what you, you want. You're, well, everything you said is valid, and the Cubs could go the, through the season and having some young pitchers emerge and playing sound defense and maybe winning a couple games because their manager is smarter than the other guy. That sounds like the approach last year in terms of the talent because – Going into last season at this time, I don't think the expectations were that high. Mm. And they weren't 83 victories high, I don't believe. they were. They, you didn't expect it to be in first place in September, I believe, last year at this time. But hiring correct counsel changed everything. And I think that creates a lot of the anxiety that many of us feel is that you started out so strong back in November, and here we are in the late February, and you still don't have a roster that you probably feel like he was signing up to manage. So you wonder what's going through his head. He could probably manage anybody. He probably doesn't care. He's oblivious to it. Just give me my talent. I will get the most out of it. But it's much easier for him to look much smarter when Cody Bellinger's batting third. No doubt about <laughs> it. No doubt about it. And, and look, you know, the great thing about Bellinger is, you know, his ability to impact you at different positions, right? You know, obviously he's an he's a, he's a exceptional center fielder. And that's where he's, he'll spend most of his time. But, you know, he can come into first base. He can DH a day or two, whatever he wants to do. You could, you can move him around, get value for him at a lot of different positions, and, and, and you know, also concentrate on developing. If you feel like Pete Crow Armstrong's bat is going to be major league ready, great. You know, they got Talkman. I mean, they've got options and ways – to protect their lineup, but Belly can go around the field, man. He can help you in a lot of different ways. A lot of different ways, and what he does is it allows you sort of uh, either or hmm. when it comes to your rookies because if you sign Cody Bellinger, 
He can either play center field or first base. Yep. He can either replace Pete Crow Armstrong if he can't hit or Michael Bush if he can't hit. Right. Whatever the case is, right. you've got two rookies that, frankly, you don't know a lot about. And you, he's the first name that came to your mind when I mentioned Michael Bush is Matt Mervis. Well, so I, I, I mean, I, I thought we thought that Matt Mervis was going to come in and we that had him was, on the show. He was going to hit everything, and that was. And now I haven't even heard him mentioned. You know, Mash he's Mervis. Yeah, Mash Mervis is apparently on uh, on uh, uh, Oscar Colas Island. <laughs> I mean, I, I there's talk about guys. Uh, Oscar Colas. These are guys I, that I were you were counting on. You never heard of Cuban Otani. Cuban right? Otani's gone. It's been a while since Cuban Otani's been heard from. Is, is he, he in camp? I don't know. Where is he? We I haven't heard a word from about that guy. White Sox, if there are any and White I Sox heard, reporters. I haven't heard anything about Mervis. I, I make the assumption that they're, you know, hanging out together somewhere. You yeah. think that Oscar Colas and Matt Mervis are somewhere in, taking batting practice quietly? Very baseball quietly. obscurity. There's like a special place you go to. They are toiling in relative baseball obscurity. Yes. After last spring, both were – Arriving with high expectations. That's Michael right. Bush has to be better than Matt Mervis. That exact that is grasping the obvious. I somebody I read like four different names of who's gonna be the starting right fielder for the Sox. And the only one I Hold recognized on. was Gavin Sheets. I remember, I remember, I think I can remember this. Dominic Fletcher. That's that that he's apparently okay. leading the clubhouse. Yeah. I, I think See, that's pretty good. Dominic Fletcher, Luis Robert, and Andrew Benintendi, the outfield, and then the Rest of the lineup that Dustin says looks great on paper is Yohan Mankata. Again, Dustin, <laughs> Paul known, DeYoung. known for his mean-spirited sarcasm <laughs> when it Lopez comes to the White Sox. And Andrew Vaughn. What's Andrew Vaughn going to be this year? This is a longer conversation. but what, First baseman. I know he's going to be a first baseman. What's he oh, going to hit? Sorry. How's he going to hit? I was trying to what, help. I, what, what's he going to be? What is it? You drafted him third overall. Remember that? No. I think, no, I, I blocked out years. I, when it comes to the White Sox, I've just kind of there's like there's been what I would call an inner surrender. I've given up in my heart on a lot of things, White Sox. I think you have a lot of company in that concession. Yes, because there's so many people that sound. Is Yoan so Mankata still part of the team? Yeah, he is. Is the new broadcaster going to call him Yo-Yo? <laughs> I doubt it. I don't know. <laughs> That, that's was that kinda, something that's, that was, was that a Benetti thing? He he called him Yo-Yo for a while, and I I thought to myself, well, given his ups and downs, <laughs> I think that's probably not a bad it thing. Makes sense. Hey, I want to close the loop on a question we had earlier, Please. and it was one of the passionate callers that we had when we were talking about the White Sox uh, building project potentially at the seventy-eight at Clark and Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Jerry Reinsdorf in Springfield today, lobbying, making his pitch, the audacious ask of one billion dollars in subsidies. The question was, what happens to Bridgeport, right? And so part of the uh, part of the plan from related Midwest, and I think this is part of their the renderings that they presented, included a plan for thirteen hundred plus residential units in Bridgeport, ten plus acres of new open space. And I do think that there was some some talk about a soccer team yes. inhabiting. Yes. Guaranteed rate field. Maybe the Chicago Fire would move there. Okay. And some of the development would include not just ignoring or abandoning Bridgeport or that area, that neighborhood. It would be trying to create some residential units, spruce up the ballpark for a soccer field, and be sure that they don't get blamed for just leaving it high and dry. Now, I, I got to address this texter. 
Okay. Molly just said what Cody Bellinger should do is negotiate on what he wants and what the Cubs want, go to the table and discuss it. But yet, when Jerry Reinsdorf is doing the exact same thing, you guys say it's ridiculous. Who you crapping? That's from Jonathan and Holiday Hills. I hope the hills are full of holidays there. Um, I got to tell you, you don't think there's a difference between a ball player negotiating a contract and an owner searching for a billion dollars? You think those are comparable? Scott Boris is not asking the taxpayers of Illinois to pay Cody Bellinger's salary. (laughs) Jerry Reinsdorf is asking the taxpayers of Illinois and Chicago to help build him a ballpark. I don't see... Yeah, I don't see how they're comparable. Block that metaphor, sir. <laughs> what a what a absurd it's comparison. A pretty absurd, yeah. Anyway, pretty absurd comparison. Pretty lively discussion today. Had uh, a lot of fun today. We had a lot of. It fun. was great to yeah. uh, to kind of tear it up a little bit and have a laugh. And we got Dan and Lawrence next. We'll chat with them. It's Mully and Haw on the score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.